welcome to the Preserve Your Past podcast, where we'll explore all things related to the creative process of writing your stories for future generations. I'm your host, Melissa Ann Kitchen, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I believe that your personal history is a priceless gift for family, friends, and generations to come. Whether you consider yourself a writer or not, we are discussing the topics that help with every step of the process, like how to mine for the juiciest story ideas or how to refine them into polished final drafts you'll be proud to share. Let's face it, sharing your stories can be overwhelming, but I've got you covered. We all have a lifetime of memories to share, so why not save yours to pass along? Let me help you leave your lasting legacy. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is a special episode today because I am actually on vacation and I am coming to you today from Alexandria Bay, New York, from inside my camper. We are on our first week-long camping trip of the season and that does not prevent me from (laughs) joining you today for a next podcast. Today's podcast is going to be in response to some conversations that I had in May when I attended the New England Genealogy Consortium in um, Springfield, Massachusetts. And when I hosted my table there, it was sort of a coming out party for me because it was really great to interact with people who were really interested in genealogy, ancestry, and story. And I had some amazing discussions with dozens and dozens of people about their research and story and their passion projects. And it was really great to discuss with them over and over things that they were excited to share with me about their stories. And some of them were really amazing. And as I was talking with them, I, I was also doing a little bit of market research, right? I wanted to know what was their struggles when it came to stories and preserving those stories or passing them along. And over and over, I heard the same question asked. And remember, these are genealogists who are very detail research oriented. They've been doing the work to construct the family tree, right? To put that together and to get the history to pass to their family and the stories. But a lot of people were coming up to me struggling with, I have all this research. How can I add more story to help my research be more compelling? And at first I was a little stumped because, you know, I'm always talking about starting with yourself, right? That's my biggest part is like, we need to be preserving our stories that we own, our own stories, or the stories that we are most directly part of from our parents or from our grandparents before those are lost and someone in the future is digging down and looking for for completing that with research, right? So it, as much as we can do now is is a lot of what my mission is about. But that's not to be said that there isn't some ways that I feel like I could help people 
to think about how to add more story to their research. So those of you who are working on researching your genealogy, whether it is as a beginner or as an advanced researcher, you know how easy it is to get pulled into the data. So whether you're using a site like Ancestry.com or some of those other sites, you know you, you're looking for the names or the dates and the facts. I know my husband and I have been working with some of the online tools and filling in names and dates and connections. And it becomes like a game that becomes a little addicting and you get obsessed with it to see how many names you can connect to your ants, you know, through your tree. And then also how far back up you can go, like solving those mysteries of putting those names in and the dates of births and where they were. So after all the conversations I had at the conference, I created a talk specifically for genealogy associations and clubs. And I was approached by several and have some really exciting um, times booked ahead to be able to speak to these groups of people who are just as passionate about keeping preserving the past as much as I am. And so I thought today's podcast, while I won't share the whole talk, I'd like to share one of the five tips that I offered to participants in the talk that I just shared this past Saturday, and one that I believe can be used in a variety of scenarios. So if you're collecting any type of research or data that might seem to be more factual or dry or a bit disjointed, but you want to pass along or communicate this information in a more compelling way, I suggest you use story to tie all the information together. And the one way that I'm going to discuss doing that today is to create an introduction in a narrative form giving further background to the information you have collected in your research. And that allows you to be more conversational and personalized than your research might feel when it's all written down on different cards or different papers or different, you know, different pieces. So how this came about was I had a really cool conversation with a gentleman who had been working on his family tree and genealogy, researching a lot of information, collecting details, had some really interesting stories that were all over different pieces, different history. And we had a great conversation because he was talking about how he wants to desperately pass this along to his children. He doesn't want to just do this research, put it in a box and donate it like a lot of people do to a library or to a local um, history museum. He wants to be able to create this collection and then pass it along to his children. But he was talking about right now how they just watch him at his laptop working on his computer, like why is dad doing all this work? They don't really get it. They're not really interested in genealogy and, and the family tree yet. And so he was saying like, how can I make this more? And he used the word compelling. How can I make this more interesting? How can I tie it together? I'm really stuck. And we're on the campground so you can hear the dogs barking. Um, so we talked about different ways and kind of brainstormed some things. And that really helped me to think about it from a different perspective than just from writing your own story, but thinking about how can we work 
story into our research because I do genealogy research for my family and I would love to be able to tie in the stories on what I'm doing. Now he had not just the facts and names and dates, he also had some really interesting stories that were clipped from newspaper articles and stories that were passed along and orally and that had been written down in different um, different manners. And so he shared a few really interesting stories and that was really cool for, for me to hear and for him to share and he just to see the passion and the excitement that he had in them and how he knew that even just on the side, there were some of those pieces that he could make into a bigger story. So we talked about, as I was listening to him talk about his pain point in the beginning, being that he wanted his children to be able to be interested in his research, to be have it be accessible to them, right? And so what I thought that would solve this would be to look at his way of tying it together by creating an introduction to all of whatever it was that he decided to include to share with them. And an introduction that would be in more narrative form, giving further background to the information that he collected and allowing it to be more conversational and personalized than just research might feel. So today we're gonna to talk about how an introduction can be used several ways to be able to add more story to your research. So step one of how you could do this is you could use introduction to set the stage for all your research. So using this introduction as a way to set the stage for the information that you're going to share. So maybe you have backstories that are not included in the research that you want to maybe put into a summary form in the beginning. Maybe you wanna share how the information that you are going to be sharing is all related. So you might be summarizing or, or, or lumping it together in some way that makes sense instead of being disjointed. Using your introduction as a way to more descriptively and eloquently round out the research that you'll be sharing. So setting the stage of what you will be sharing is one way that you can use your introduction to tie things together. Another thing you could do in your introduction is you could share your motivation. So in this, you could add why you have an interest in doing the research. Maybe you're sharing why you have an interest in genealogy altogether. I share how my motivation for preserving my past and sharing my stories is about the loss of my parents and not having the stories in their own words. And I talk about one, one story in particular. I've shared this where my brother and I were trying to locate our my first house that I lived in with my parents. Um, and we weren't able to, and we didn't have that information because it had never been kind of documented. It wasn't a house, it was a um, housing project for military housing for vets. And so I was looking for the particular one, right? So we knew where it was and what the, what the whole project was, but we didn't know where our particular unit was. And so that's something that if I was writing, could share in the story of some kind of like, What's my purpose? Why am I even doing this research? 
um, what was my motivation. And so my motivation for my boys was that I didn't want them to have things missing or not in my words. And I know it will never be all of what in my words, they won't have everything, but I'd like to be able to put the things that kind of come about as much as I can to put the effort so they have my voice. So sharing your motivation might be, again, writing about why you're interested in doing the research, but also why are you sharing? What's your hope for your intended audience? What do you want them to do with it? What do you want them to take away from it? So that's something else that you could add into your motivation. Um, I'm sorry, your introduction. The next thing that you could add into your introduction is sharing about the process. This is kind of neat to do a behind the scenes, you know, here we are. Um, I'm sharing these stories. I brought this together because I want YouTube, whatever it is. And I was doing this because I feel I want to because whatever that is, but then sharing the process is going behind the scenes and looking were there challenges. Did you hit dead ends? Think about all the TV shows that we have now where it's like doing the investigation is part of the process that we all love to see. So you sharing, you know, your research challenges and any dead ends and maybe how you overcame them might be a great way to make this research feel more real to your audience. Were there surprises that you got when you did the research? Is there research that affects other things that you thought you knew? Or is there things you found that, that changed that perspective of something that you had or that everyone in the family believed? Were there any little adventures along the way? Sharing all of this helps bring the research process alive and makes it more interesting to your audience. So that's another thing to add when you're doing your introduction. Another way that I talked about with this gentleman, when he was talking about how he had his family and he had stories about different ones, I could picture him as he was telling me this and telling me about them, using his introduction to introduce these people. I call them the characters, right? Introducing the characters or introducing his family from the past to his children now. So here you could write in your introduction from your own point of view as if you're introducing those subjects to your current family. So what do you know about them? What do you want your family to know about them? And so we can get into the details later, but maybe you're doing a quick introduction summary at the beginning. You could share more specifics about the people in your own words. It doesn't have to be as database it doesn't have to be as you know specific it's it this is makes it a little bit easier for you to share the softer facts that stand out the things that are more humanity and less factual right and you could even relate your ancestors information to present day events or traits of your current family members so thinking about that as a way to Use an introduction in your, as introducing people in your introduction was the fourth way. So we have, in summary, you can use your introduction to set the stage, to let them know what's coming up next, to kind of give that softer description about what you're going to share, and maybe some stories that summarize that and why you're doing that. And then remember, we're number two was sharing your motivation. 
why you're doing the research, why you're sharing it, what's your hope for your audience. The third idea for your introduction was sharing about the process. We were talking about were there surprises, were there challenges, thinking about the interesting way of, you know, looking at it from that adventure perspective. And then finally, we talked about introducing your characters in your introduction as if you were introducing the past to your present people. So that you can see shows a few ways that you can write your introduction that could then lead your readers to photos, to the data, to the maps. So you're starting out with this introduction, but then you're gonna take them on this journey through your research. The most important thing to consider is that while you can be creative and have fun with this, I also want you to be thoughtful of staying true to the facts and being really clear when something is researched and something is surmised. So if you're drawing a conclusion or you're writing a story to fill in missing information, you want to be clear about that because you don't want your introduction or that summary piece to muddy what was really importantly researched data. This came up in our conversation last week when someone had asked me, Melissa, we're doing this research. What do you think about stories and, and writing stories? And does that affect the validity of the research that we do? How do we know that you know a person's telling this or a person's writing this? Will them writing that story change the actual validness of the, the history? And the first thing I said was, first of all, most of the history that we're researching when we do this is going to be told by a person or written in by a person. Even if we are talking about censuses, when you look and start researching family history or genealogy and you're looking at birth certificates or you're looking at censuses, they're handwritten, they're input by a person, and the, the accuracy is still only as good as the person documenting it. And that's kind of how a lot of the research is. We're doing it based on a person's view of the situation. And so the same way I think looking at how long we had only oral history to pass along, and many cultures only have oral history that shares some of what happened with their families, and there's nothing less that doesn't make it any less real or any less important. So I think that there is something to be honored and respected about oral history and about telling the story, right? And I think that the story is only gonna be as accurate as the person telling it wants it to be. And it's always gonna be from someone's perspective. So it's always gonna have the, the side of human error or not being a very objective, right? It's always going to be subjective, no matter what. I mean, there's dates and times that things happened, and that part will be objective. But a lot of what we see when we're doing research is not necessarily 100% accurate. So I think story has a place, but I do think you want to make sure that when you're doing something like this introduction type way of telling the stories, that you do not undermine your hard work in the details and if you are doing any kind of creative filling in of the blanks, that you're very, very, very clear about that. So I'd love to hear what you think about this topic. Are you doing research? Have you thought about ways to add story to make your research more compelling? 
You can find me at melissaannkitchen.com. I have a contact page there, or you can email me at melissa at melissaannkitchen.com or reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm listed at as <laughs> at Melissa Loves History for both of those. But I would love to hear feedback from you on if you think there are ways to integrate story into your research. And if you have done that, I would love to hear some of the ways you've done that. Again, please like and share this podcast. If you have time, please put in a review wherever you listen to the podcast. That helps us be seen. And we are reaching a bigger um, audience. So I love that everyone has been so enthusiastic about the podcast. And I really appreciate the wonderful feedback I'm receiving. And I'm excited to continue again. Thank you so much for being a listener and all of the notes and that you could find for tools and resources for this are at the show notes page for the podcast, which is, which is www.thepreserveyourpastpodcast.com. And I put notes for each of the episodes. So if there are tools or any resources, that's where you can find it. And thank you again, everybody. Until next time. Wasn't that a fun episode? I enjoyed our conversation so much. And if you would like to continue our conversation, be sure to follow this podcast and share with friends. This helps share the mission of preserving the past with stories. Want more tips, tools, and inspiration? Head over to melissaannkitchen.com. And as always, let's get writing your powerful personal stories.